G'day, film fans. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right, and to keep us honest, we've made it a drinking game. Yes, we have. Oh, there it goes. If we say anything negative, because we're just sick of those negative reviews, if we say anything negative about this film, you're going to hear this sound, and that means we're drinking. So... Pour yourself a glass and let's pop some LSD and go for a drive. I mean, come on. That's right, guys. We are talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent. Directed... The title so complex you have to look it up. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's a, it's a play on the unbearable lightness of being. They're, they're just so, this is a shameless movie directed and written by a man named Tom Gormican, who wrote uh, That Awkward Moment, I believe. I was looking up some of his other... Some of his okay. other things, Zach Efron movie uh, called That Awkward Moment, with Miles Teller, and um, a couple of other people I think are in that. Uh, anyway, they, uh, yeah, he, this is basically his, he's made, you know, a couple things before this, but, but, but quite literally, he's only credited with two pieces of work before this on IMDb, <laughs> Ghosted and That Awkward Moment. And uh it was quite a while ago, too. That awkward moment was his first yeah. feature in 2014. Ghosted was 2017, 18, and then this. So I, I, this, I don't know if folks will get into this, it. This made the blacklist as well. This this screenplay it sat there for a while while they this were trying to convince the they wow. were they, they were trying to convince Nick Cage to do it, and he wouldn't. And then finally, he just acquiesced, and we're in. So basically, the the premise of the unbearable weight of massive talent is Nick Cage is playing Nick Cage. Right. <laughs> who gets hired by a wealthy millionaire to go out to his house and basically hang with him for the weekend. And that goes fucking pear-shaped. Yeah. Let's get, <laughs> let's give you the official the official IMDb blurb because we love doing those because they're usually sure. so silly. And this action-packed comedy, Nicolas Cage, plays Nick Cage, channeling his iconic characters as he's caught between a super fan, Pedro Pascal, and CIA agent Tiffany Haddish. So yeah, it is. It is exactly that. Dave set it up, I think, better than more more specifically than than that little blurb did. Um, anyone who enjoys the whole meta thing, I think, fans of a ridiculous satire uh, made by you know Edgar Wright, who like having the fun action packed stuff, or to the headier people, the Charlie Kaufman, the uh, being John Malkovich. If you're into the satire and the meta mm. stuff, I think you're probably going to end up having having a good time with this one. It's kind of hard not to have fun laughing along because it's so obvious that Nick Cage is very aware of what we all think of him <laughs> and what he maybe, I think, I think I left the theater still wondering, does he think that about himself or did he just agree to do this? There's this line in the movie where he's t- every time he speaks with his agent, Neil Patrick Harris, he they often at the end of their conversations are referring to some work or a job he wants to get. And then they say like, and then we're back. And then Nick Cage always says, not that we went anywhere, not that Uh we went anywhere. And then they always repeat that. And I wonder if that was always in the screenplay or if that was maybe something that Nick wanted to bring to it. Cause it it doesn't look like Nick Cage thinks that he has fallen off from a distance. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) I haven't watched enough interviews uh, with him since making this movie, but it's really fun. 
It's really silly. It is, it is and, definitely yeah, fun. I have no it. notes whatsoever. I'm going from memory on this one because I didn't know we were doing this one until recently. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, you're good, I, dude. I, I, it was funny because I went and saw uh, back when we did the Northman episode, I, I watched the Northman, went out, got some food, went straight back in and sat through this. Oh, wow. Right on the back of the Northman. And I could not think of more two diverse films to like put in a program for the day. Yeah, pretty fucking different. I mean, yeah, let's but get into I, it. Let's just, just yeah, give dude, me your... Uh, like, you said, if, you're, yeah. if you're out looking for love, like find someone who looks at you the same way that Pedro Pascal looks at Nick Cage. Holy crap. Wow. He, so sweet. In my opinion, he steals this movie from Nick Cage. Pedro Pascal? Yeah. 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 Um, I had I had fun. I had fun. Um, I, there is one thing that I will gripe about, and that's that I would say about 85% of... The funny stuff is in the trailer. Mm. Oh, sure, 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 sure. As they tend to do with comedies. You know, yeah, it's... but I mean, that's a lot. But there's there's like, there is good stuff in between it. But like the big laugh out loud, ha-ha moments, most of them are in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I agree with you. I think that I don't think I was super surprised by any of those moments that were in the movie that weren't alluded to or literally shown in the trailer. Um, you still have fun. It's, it opens with them. Like they're going to put, they're going to put, you know, they have to get you into the movie somehow. So of course there is some side plot that is actually what Nick Cage is going to get wrapped up into. But even from the very beginning, they are shameless. Like this, this (laughs) couple is watching Con Air and you don't know anything about the couple and they're just enjoying it so much and passing the joint. And it's the hilarious ending scene where he's like, I would have gotten a haircut. But I didn't, you know, he's like doing his his wrap up scene, I the mean, final they, resolution, and fucking kind of. They, they really do reference every fucking Nick Cage movie in this film. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure we get everything. I don't know if we got everything. I think he's got way too large of a cannon to get everything. But there's a I lot feel of like the crucial in, in there. there. Like there's a little hand thing from Gone in sixty seconds. Like the every yeah. like there's all sorts of really subtle shit. Oh, in you there mean as well. like like not. Because they often show on television oh, some yeah. clips of his stuff. You mean just no, in they, general? They yeah, reference okay. a part of a character from almost all of his films. Yeah. I mean, not to mention that eventually we literally see the memorabilia of one of the characters <laughs> it ha- has of Nick Cage. And that is pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, it was fun. It, it's, uh, it, I, I, I feel this like this is the kind of review. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is because it just, it just, it is exactly what you think it is like there's there's not really like you're either going to like this kind of movie or maybe you're not i guess you would have to actually dislike nicholas cage so much that you can't stand watching him just because he's playing himself it's about him he's in most of the movie yeah which is i i, I don't know i think uh i'm not gonna lie this movie has only made 13 over 13 million now worldwide that surprised me yeah i thought that, that more really people did. were gonna go watch this just because these past two weekends uh, I mean, we've had the Northmen, and we've had yeah. this movie come out, and the Northmen is doing pretty well. But I didn't think I and thought this, this was this, gonna make at least thirty or forty by the animated feature bad guys. Yeah, which does make and you know family. If, yeah, look, if you're gonna take your fucking children and your partner to the movie, that's like one hundred and fifty fucking dollars. So you might not have enough time and energy and money <laughs> to go spend an extra forty or fifty if you and your partner want to go see Nick Cage that night. Yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's not a, it is getting ridiculous. I, we have to. Kind I of feel choose. like this. Yeah, I feel like this one is going to turn into a little bit of a cult uh, on streaming and DVD when it's released or like Blu-ray now. But yeah, 
I could see that. Fucking DVD. What am I talking about? I could see that. No, I could really see that. I could really see that if they turned this into a franchise. Like, I know that's ridiculous, but I could see them, Mm. like, following the life of Nick Cage every, like, few years, then making something like this and being ridiculous. Just because, I don't know, this thing just kind of feels like, unlike being John Malkovich, where, like, that movie... That movie doesn't allude to itself as a film in the way that this one, without getting too too much into spoiler territory, it's about Nick Cage. He makes movies. The plot of this ultimately is that Pedro Pascal is this very wealthy billionaire and you find out the shady stuff that he's involved with, but ultimately he wants to make a movie. He, he wants to write a screenplay yes. and he wants Nicolas Cage to be in it. So of course this movie is going to be about movies and Nick Cage trying to get his career back with a good movie. So, uh, you know, I do think this kind of tips its hat to there could be more of these, I think if they wanted to, like, <laughs> which is really, really silly, but I can see this turning into something where every four or five years, we just revamp and see what shenanigans Nick Cage is getting into in his real life. I wouldn't be <laughs> mad about it. That's true. This this was definitely it was a fun it was a fun ride, and it it does go to some ridiculous places, but you go right along with it. Like Nick Cage is playing it serious. He's not playing it like I'm having fun here, being the character that I you know that I am. He he plays it serious. His family plays it serious. They have like a family cast for him. Pedro Pascal plays it a hundred percent serious to the point where you find out that he might not be such a good guy, and you're not convinced that he like you want him to be a good guy and you're like, Oh no. And like to, to be able to grab you to that point where you're like, he might be bad and I'm not comfy with that. Like, I feel like he did a great job with that character. Yeah. And no, stole totally the movie agree. for me, honestly stole the movie. I like, I I'm quite ready to fight uh, Nicholas Cage for Pedro Pascal's love. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Pedro is uh once he takes his Mandalorian helmet off, he's 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 quite sweet. Um yeah, I think uh, I think I totally agree. It's uh let's get into it. Let's see. I mean, come on, we can only say yeah, so. We both enjoyed it. It's a fun time. Let's go into the spoiler section. We're gonna let's talk act about like the, the trailer stuff. and spoil the movie. Yeah, if we fuck <laughs> it, you can listen to us if you want to. It doesn't matter. You know what this movie is. You're still yeah, gonna this, watch it play out. It, this movie is gonna be funny no matter what. Like, it's... yeah, you're if you're in the mood for this kind of movie too. It doesn't like matter if you know what the story. It, like, just go listen to us if you want, but go right. watch it if you want to. First, first thing I'll ask: What did you think of Young Nick Cage? Nikki. Nikki. Nikki Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that I'm was like, good. I'm That's like, the I'm like, uh... holy shit. Like, I it almost looked like they used deep fake technology for that, not the the techniques they've been using um i like I not it. like as opposed to like the irishman techniques yeah like on purpose to make it look like i yeah, i don't know less quality yeah. i mean i don't know all that always look but again it it's was, okay because nobody yeah, was, gave a shit okay. right like it yeah. was, um i liked it i think that was his moonstruck yeah, costume they did, if they i'm not they didn't overuse it either mistaken. And the first that thing was, I like, someone was like, "Oh, do they have Nick Cage as a young man?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's and the first question they asked me was like, "Does he kiss him?" Yeah, of course. I'm like, "Fucking hell, yes, yes, he Wait, does." Wait, who is this? <laughs> who's asking you this question? Someone, one of my coworkers, who's like, oh, in okay, the film. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick Cage is a good smoocher. Yeah. One of my Nick Cage is a good smoocher. Yeah, I mean that was uh, that was pretty good. Th- that is the Moonstruck costume, right? That's his character from Moonstruck. I think so. 
Yeah, I think so too. I can't remember. Uh, good I, movie. I saw Moonstruck movie, once Moonstruck. years ago. Oh, come on. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, it, it was great. There's a, some really good, funny little quotes here. It, they really they really make Nick out to seem kind of who he is. They also, you know, to their credit, not that again, this doesn't none of this matters. They had a lot of fun and we had fun watching it. But at the beginning of this movie, they have to acknowledge as the audience is there, like expecting them, like, how are they gonna make Nick Cage seem like is he everybody has wondered as he has navigated his acting career for the past 20 years or so? Like, what happened when he started moving away from larger studio productions and what happened like internally like as a as an artist like is he like seeking out these younger directors like he seems to take chances the way someone nobody else does and this movie opens with him kind of desperately trying to get a really good part because he Mm. desperately does want to get quote back in the game now i gotta be honest the the sad the tragic desperation like that kind of could have been like any actor that had fallen off maybe the horse a little bit and part of me was wondering, like, I still just don't know if Nick Cage finds himself in that position. And it it did, like, distract me or anything like that. But I was a little bit like, I think most actors could have been in that situation in that scene. Like, they're always desperate for that great part. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, whatever. They wanted us to feel I like don't know he's... Many of them are doing a... I don't know if they're doing a snap reading in the car park. But... God, the Boston <laughs> accent. Folks at home... It's yeah. really funny. I mean, like he like, I guess, you know, they're just trying to make fun of things he can do or can't do or think whatever he thinks he can do. And the part is Boston. And he just starts laying into this fucking monologue, desperate to read, doesn't even wait for, you know, they're just standing in front of this restaurant. It's so awkward and so weird. Hmm. Um, but I also love that that came back. Later. Of course, like you just can't help it. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't expect that. I was like, "Oh my god, he's doing the monologue." Fuck. Me. I mean, I like Nick Cage. Look, when he finally turns it on at the cliffside, and he turns into the close-up and starts acting with Pedro Pascal. Yeah, he's there, man. He's a good time. I miss, I miss yeah. Nick Cage in the bigger movies. But um, boy, how do we talk about this one, Dave? What do you want to just should we just go in chronological order? Should we just go in the beginning? I mean. Sure. I feel like we're just going to be like, and then this happened, and then this happened. Because honestly, folks, I don't yeah, mean no, this I, in a well, mean way. There are no layers to this onion. It is exactly yeah. what you think it yeah. is. They are not trying to say anything. <laughs> but I, I do, I do love like some of the some of the comedy got a little um, like higher in the brow uh, when they when they popped the LSD and went driving, and then sure. they're like driving down. They're sitting there in the village and they start getting paranoid. These two guys are looking at us. These two guys are following us. And then they run and they run down. And then there's two guys who we can see are obviously different. But they look just close enough for these guys not to notice. And it, it's I, that sort of gag I kind of dug. I thought that worked. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Me too. It was, uh, I mean, I loved. I found that funnier than the wall gag, to be honest. I liked part of the wall gag too. But it, it, it all hung on the charm of Pedro Pascal. Like, and I think they understood that and he did not. Yeah, I don't know yeah. who they were envisioning when they wrote this part. I don't know if it was a Spanish speaking character. You know, it probably who knows? It could have been any anyone who could have played this uh, crime lord kind of kind of person. It probably could have gone a million different directions. I'm just so glad they went with him because they did need someone. This movie would not have been as much fun if it was somebody who was a lot harder. You know what I mean? Like just a a little more calloused and grisly. Like, you know, if they had cast someone like that, everyone would have been, it was fun assuming the whole time 
you know more than they know, basically, as audience members. You're following yeah. the CIA's perspective on this as well. And Nicolas Cage kind of learns that Pedro Pascal is a gun runner and an ammunitions and, you know, illegal arms dealer. And hmm. uh, so you think you know who Pedro Pascal is and that he's kind of just like this sweet guy. And eventually he's going to turn around and rip somebody's head off. But Pedro Pascal plays it in such a way that there's always a possibility that his intensity that he does get to sometimes that comes from his sensitivity is going to get in, like become murderous. And the fun twist is that it never is that he's actually like this frustrated, sensitive artist type that has been put into the role of this crime lord thing. That was a really fun, sweet twist, but yeah, going back, it it, it only works. I think this whole thing works because like we're saying, the joke is on its sleeve Eventually, you're going to be like, how many Nick Cage jokes can they make? So what is his foil? And I will give it this. The fact that they put him with someone that he has kind of trouble reading, even though he talks about how he can read him as a sensitive soul or whatever, but that he has kind of trouble understanding, like, is this guy really like this good of a human being? Is he this sweet? Is he this passionate? Is he this sensitive? What are Pedro Pascal's three favorite movies? It's... um, Um... Oh God! What was it? Face Off. Face Off is his third favorite movie. The Cabinet yeah. of Doctor uh, Caligari, the German yep. expressionist and film, Paddington, and Paddington Two. Two. <laughs> it made me, w- which we're going to be talking yeah, a lot which more Jeff about. Which Jeff and Dave just talked about, and I didn't get to hear it. <laughs> Paddington Two. You're not serious. It made me want to be a better man. <laughs> when he said, and, "I cried through the whole thing," and it made and me want to be a better man. Yeah. But then you get a second payoff for that joke later as well with the family. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's yeah, they like they did they did their like I I love a running gag. I'm I'm a sucker for running gags. So like the fact that this has a couple that run through it, I thought was really great. I thought it was really refreshing when it, the, like he gets told to take him out, and they they both get told to take each other out, and they're both with guns out there, and it's like you were gonna kill me, you were gonna kill me. I don't want to kill you. I love you. <laughs> and like two men telling each other they love them on camera, like straight up. So, I was like, that that's that's cool. I like yeah. that. And again, I feel like if that had been a little bit more grisly from Pedro Pascal's point of view, the whole buddy buddy movie, you know, there's always a little bit of that dynamic, but it was so sweet that like they there there was room in the uh I don't know, you know what I'm saying, with the dynamic, it didn't feel like these two guys who were like, I think I love you, but I don't want to say it out loud. Pedro was just so sensitive yeah. that it let Nick Cage just, be really yeah, sensitive. And they literally just swap shoes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 I think my only, that was I think weird. my only criticism, yeah, that was a weird gag. That was like just for the running. I think like it was a funny yeah. little moment in the car, but I think it was just yeah. for the penny loafers joke that it got the payoff. Um, I think my only criticism, and it's a real criticism, so I'm, feel free to buzz me here. At some point, all right, folks. They start writing a movie together and it's charming and it's lovely. Like the reason Pedro Pascal brought Nick Cage to his birthday party is because he he wanted him to be there, but he also had written a screenplay and he wanted Nick Cage to be in it. The way Nick Cage decides, because the CIA says, you need to stay there longer. Don't leave yet. We need you to keep doing reconnaissance work for us. And his way that he decides I'm going to stay longer is he says, I want to write a screenplay and develop a movie with you, Pedro Pascal. And Pedro's like, yes, yes, a million times, yes. So they're writing this movie throughout this through the screenplay throughout the rest of this movie, basically through the latter half of the second act and the the end of the film. 
And the whole thing is they're talking about it the whole time. So it kind of in and out of the real life sequences, they're saying like, this would be good in the movie or this, this is the movie or they, they refer to a good idea or a bad idea. And the whole thing builds to this sequence at the end where, you know, of course, ridiculous rescue, guns, violence, high stakes, people are dying. Like it's, running, you know, running for, <laughs> it's yeah, running for embassies. guns and, you know, car chases and everything. And uh, a really sweet moment. A really sweet moment with Pedro Pascal when he stands up for himself with his girlfriend and they try to, you know, uh, shoot down the cars that are coming out. I'm really uh-huh. touching. I think I teared up a little bit. But at the very end of this movie, it comes down to the sequence where Nick, think you think he's going to die and his daughter throws him a knife and he catches it. And when he catches it, it cuts to the movie version of the movie that they had written. And we are in the future at the premiere and everybody loved it. Game over. Movie's over. Thank you. Good night. And that transition failed miserably for me, dude. That pissed me off so much. I yeah. thought, Dave, tell me if you agree with me at all. I was so convinced because they had they had done such a good job of towing the line where like, they would refer to something that like could happen in the movies, and then they would cut back to reality and be like, oh, but that doesn't happen, and, and it, it grounded yeah. itself again. I thought they were going to go the distance with that, and it was going to be beautiful, and they were going to cut back, and Nick was going to have like, not caught the knife correctly and maybe cut himself. Or, hands fucking yeah, bleeding. I thought they were going to totally be like, oh, yeah. this doesn't work, but that does not happen. I don't know how many endings they I, wrote, I, but they stuck to it. It never cuts back. Apparently, all those high-stakes gun chases and all that shit that they were referring to satirically, apparently it worked out perfectly. Everything's fine ribbon and a bow and they made their movie and now they're both superstars i that it really let me down because i don't think that was the movie it was a little bit okay (laughs) i'll give you it was a little bit of a cheat i just don't think that was the movie that led up to that moment and it really if the rest of the movie had been like that i think it would have been a lesser quality where i mean i don't know you take that as a statement on hollywood itself if you like but yeah but but even then isn't there (laughs) a more fun way to say that to like to like yeah, poke at is. that. And I mean, it, I mean, it really was like I, a perfect. I also, happy I also did find that a little. I found that a little jarring. I mean, I, I was so jarred. Um, I was like, I was like, what's happening? He wasn't just like a audience member in a seat, and I was like, oh, that's too bad. I wish they would have gone back. I was literally like confused. I was like, are they really not going to go back? Is this real? And it was, it was real, and it just has a really yeah. weird wrap up and. People are speaking to each other the way they don't speak to each other. His mother and his daughter, his wife and his daughter never spoke to him like that. And everything was like fucking hunky dory sitting on the floor, the way he had referenced at the, the beginning. And I'm wondering, did the studio rewrite the ending or some shit? It literally felt like it felt like a rewrite. It felt like they were like, nah, this isn't funny enough. This isn't a wrap up. Let's give him this. Let's give him this comeback. And I was, yeah. I, there's a more creative way to do that. So sorry, Tom, but I think you let yourself down there, bro. I think that was uh yeah yeah sure give me that buzz you can buzz me look at take that <laughs> also what happened with Pedro you know like there was there was they gave me I, I cared yeah, so they, they much about of, what was happening to him and his girlfriend they, they that was that was the thing like you re, they built him up and built him up and built him up and then he wasn't even in like they they made this thing about oh I like I was too nervous I had to go outside he wasn't even in the theater when it ended so he forms this like five second part of the end scene it's the guy you like the most in the bloody yeah. movie and to, all right so then what's I, the I obvious like, yeah, choice that, here this you're right this was a series of bad it was choices there, there at the end what's the uh, for me the obvious choice was 
because folks, we, we can't say it enough. Pedro is just so charming. You love him so much. And he has this big moment that I referred to where he stands up for himself and the, he stays behind. The cars are coming and they him and this girlfriend who they can't be with until they say, fuck it, we're going to risk everything. And they shoot, you know, they shoot them and they get, uh, they shoot a car that's coming at them and they get left behind. The caravan continues to some embassy. I get it. So Pedro, uh, re- realistically speaking, they've been left behind. But how did this not end with it cutting back to Nick fucking up the knife toss somehow and like it cutting him or like something going horribly wrong. Yeah. And then Pedro comes out of the woodwork and kills his cousin. Like they were clearly setting it up for us I, to think that like, I mean, I don't know whether it kills his cousin, but take him out with a car or something. Something at least. we're like, like stand, like let's see him actually finish what he was saying about, I need to stand up for myself. Cause he got, yeah, he took fair. out one of the henchmen, yeah. but he didn't take out the cousin. He didn't reclaim his life. And it just kind of, it really did. It cut his character off of the shins. And I thought that was weird because, and God, we're getting way into this now. But structurally, come on. <laughs> this was a buddy movie, and it was about Nick Cage actually needed this to happen to him. He needed to meet Pedro Pascal so that he could get he could get back to the movie stardom. And they ended up taking some of the status away by, from Pedro Pascal by not letting us resolve yeah. with him. And then you're totally right. He, he literally yeah. couldn't watch the premiere, so he just appears randomly. At the end of it, and he's like, oh, I was so nervous. I couldn't watch it. And I was like, what? Why yeah. wasn't he sitting beside him? This is their movie. This is, I don't know. It was- <laughs> I mean, at first I was like, did he not make it? Are they going to kill him? Me too. I kept thinking, I was like, like when what is happening? There, is he just, dead? Yeah. Or is this just Nick? He's such an egoist. He's an egotistical maniac at this point. This is all his fantasy <laughs> and they're going to cut back. And yeah, he, but it was not it was a, not it was that. Not it was that. totally real. <laughs> so anyway, that, that really, that really yeah. pissed me off. I was like, what the fuck was that? I had so much fun up until that point. But um, this is definitely one of those movies. I can't wait to get high and watch this again at home. I can't wait. You know, yeah. it's going to go to a streaming that is definitely service. Definitely the way to watch it. I mean, I think it's going to be fun, man. It's. Go- I think you're right about the cult thing. I bet a couple, you know, drinking and drug games will get invented to go with it. I'm not kidding. I would like to see a couple more of these. <laughs> Probably by us. I think it'd be real fun <laughs> if Pedro and Nick like put themselves and they were like well, couldn't you see them like we need to write another one so they have to put themselves in some dangerous situation yeah. in some weird country oh my god right yeah. can't you see the, it it's like it, the studios <laughs> the studios forcing a sequel and the studio exactly. turns out to be worse than the drug oh my game. god dude <laughs> oh, it's writing itself tom give us a call we're ready to go for yeah. it we're just we're spitballing <laughs> gold here that's dave that's good that's funny honestly it's it's that kind of movie i think you're going to have a great time i uh, we had chris uh, Chris Hurt on here a couple weeks ago, for anyone who remembers him. Um, he was on our um, Dave Help Me Dumbledore episode. And he said Dumbledore, last weekend yeah. when he went to go see this movie that his theater was was like literally cheering at, at the end of the movie. And just like really responsive. Everybody had so much fun. So so get out there and see this. Yeah. This is fun. You don't have to see it on a big screen. I it's mean, not going to make or break your life, but it's really fun on the big screen. Right? Yes, it is. It is. Did you see this in a big format? It's, it's uh no, I uh they didn't have it in any of the big formats. It's not in mine either. It's in some of the big digitals, it, no, but it, not, just, it just got a standard yeah. release. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I yeah, I, I went and sat in my non-reclining chair. Yeah. And uh had some had some fun. Like it it was great. Everyone in my theater was howling as well. Yeah, like I was <laughs> I'm I mean I'm surprised I could hear them over me. I pissed myself laughing. We had this. a lot of fun. Elizabeth had a really good time yeah. too. We were both laughing. Just, I had a smile on my face the whole time, or I was laughing until the yeah. end. That pissed me off, but until the end, uh, but it was, yeah. it was really, it was really charming. I will say this cracked me up. This old couple, there were probably like twenty people in my theater, and this old couple in the front, 
like two thirds of the way through the movie. That's when they decided they were like, I got to get out of here. And they just kind of walked out. I don't know what was happening. Maybe something was happening personally, but like they made it through over half the movie, well over half the movie. Wow. And they somehow were like, it was after the penny loafers first shootout scene. And they were like, we got to go. And they just got up and walked out. I thought that was really funny. Maybe this movie isn't for everybody. Now here's the real kicker. Here's the real question. Anyone who has watched this is asking themselves. Is Nick Cage back? Not that he went anywhere. But is Nicolas Cage back? Is he ready? Pig was a big success for cult fans and independents last year. I think he has proved himself a couple times over now that he can still bring it when the role is right. He's got a thing. It's it's Nick Cage. He is he is singular in his style. But you know what? If it's right, it's right. And there's really only one question, Dave. And you're our connoisseur in this department. There are two universes that exist that could put him back on the top. It's either Star Wars or fucking mm. Marvel. And if he if he appears in one of those, I think he's, he's gonna be back on top. He already has. Which one? He was he was Ghost Rider. Oh come on, let's not don't I'm buzzing you. You're not wrong. The original Ghost Rider the original Ghost Rider is not a bad You're not film. wrong. That is it that's early Marvel. That's in the Blade era. The se- the sequel is fucking pus, but like You're right, he's Ghost Rider. You're totally right, but Everyone knows that's not what I was talking about. We're talking about some one of the new generations. <laughs> we won't hold it against him for the early Ghost Rider. Um, for anyone who doesn't remember, that is a dead ghost who like rides a motorcycle, like literally as a motorcycle. He's a ghost of he's a ghost of vengeance who made a deal with the devil. And yeah. He rides a motorcycle <laughs> specifically. He rides a motorcycle. Right? Uh, well, the, his one rides a motorcycle. There's another one that drives a car. This was around the same time that uh, Ben Affleck made Daredevil, right? I remember those uh, two I don't movies. Know. I blocked that whole fucking yeah, thing out. It was like early 2000s <laughs> Marvel movies. I was like, what is happening? They were, they were really a whole lot of gum against the wall for a couple of years there. They were trying things. <laughs> I I still don't mind the original Ghost Rider. I thought it was pretty good. You know what, folks, um, you heard it here. We got to rewatch Nick Cage's Ghost Rider. But I still think there's room for him to come back. So, Dave, I'm going to let's play a yeah. little game. I let's mean, play a little we're game. Up the multiverse. I'm excited for you. I've been wanting to ask you this because I think it's. Is, let's be real. This is how superstars are, are made now. The now these days, nobody fucking cares unless you have a cape, cape or a Jedi hood on. This is what's going to put him back on top. We need him to to be seen by the millions once again to introduce him to the generation that didn't grow up with him. Give me a Marvel character or two that you could see him inhabiting, or you know we can. We can talk about the Star Wars universe, although I think that is always being kind of written. But maybe in the Marvel, let's start there. Yeah. Do you have any ideas? I mean, if he's if he's going if he's going Star Wars, he's definitely a rogue. You think he's like he's he does he's he's not Jedi or Sith material. He's definitely a rogue. So what do you, what do you think he is like? Uh, just like a like an arms dealer, like on the side kind of thing, like a human character, Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could. Have seen, yeah, do you remember the with a heart Do you gold. remember the Forrest Whitaker character in Rogue One? I could have yeah, seen him doing something like that, like just some random like human character that just appears in the Star Wars universe. I could see that. He'd be a bartender. He could be a bartender. If Star Wars wanted uh, to take a hilarious slant, they could make him like a Qui Gon Jinn character and like make him like a like a straight up like min you know mentory Jedi character, and everyone knows like this is yeah. silly and we're having fun as Nick Cage. They could totally do that. I would go see that movie. He's already played that role in Kung Fu. Kung Fu. No, Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu. So Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, wasn't that the <laughs> That's right. 2019? I got Nick Cage game. 
Was that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 2018, 2020? I think Matt yeah, and Mark it. It was a, it had was, fun with that one. It was an hour and a half fucking stunt Jesus reel. Jesus fucking it's Christ, just... dude. We all watched that one. I think I was at the mountain house over the pandemic for that one. Yeah, I said I said it to you guys as a joke. Oh, my Lord, and we actually watched <laughs> um, it. I, I think in, in Marvel, um, yeah, that's a hard one, like with what we've got now. He's, I mean, he's too old for Wiccan, but I could see him pulling off a Wiccan-type character. Who's Wiccan? Is that a witch? Is that a, is that a... Uh, yes, it is, actually. It's uh, Scarlet Witch's, one of Scarlet Witch's kids. Cool. Sorry, can you hear that? One becomes Speed, the other one becomes Wiccan. Yes, yeah, I can hear that. I don't a, know what that uh, is. Like, Are you being raided? I think there's some vacuuming happening outside my uh, outside my door here. Fucking tornado. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave that on and we can just laugh about it for the rest of the, <laughs> the, rest yeah. of the episode. Um, yeah. The, uh, I think I could see him, I, I could see him being uh, kind of one of the, uh, he's too old to be the superhero, right? But I could see him playing maybe one of the older business types. Who's usually a, a government or a private sector foil to the Avengers or uh-huh. to whatever the new generation is going to be. I could see him popping up. I mean, he is larger than life. So I feel like for those characters yeah. that like, do you remember when, uh, was it William Hurt who played uh, one of the business, the Iron Man business? So yep. like whenever they put those yes. guys in the private sector, they kind of have to to match the superheroes with the the size of the charisma and the personality and the ego. And I think he could have, I think he would have a lot of fun. I could totally see him doing that. Something fun like that. I could see him as an alien in Guardians. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be, I could totally see him doing that. How about this? This is a random because we, we fucking love. Um, oh God damn it! Who plays Kingpin? Who plays Kingpin? Help me, Vince, Vincent. And we don't want to replace Vincent D'Onofrio, but wouldn't that be a hilarious? No, we do not. I, I could see Nick Cage <laughs> if they had, it's the wild card choice, asking him to gain a bunch of weight and play Kingpin and shave his head. Could totally see that. I I can't because I don't want D'Onofrio to ever stop that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a that's that's a tough one. Like I I don't know where he would fit in now, um, given where they've gone. But again, ask me that question after I see Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, this week is a big week. Yeah, that's going to open up. That's going to open up some possibilities for sure. Folks, we're talking about fucking Doctor Strange in the multiverse. I don't know if you've heard of this movie that's going to be coming out. Uh, <laughs> I can't get a ticket. Dave bought his tickets like three and a half weeks ago. <laughs> that was probably the way to go. Dude, I had to, I had to buy my ticket at 3 a.m. Fucking A, dude. <laughs> that was the only time I could get the AMC service to not crash. Uh well anyway, I think we I think we I think we covered it. I think I feel good about it. I think we do. I think yeah, we I feel good about it. I I had fun. It was like again, I watched the Northman just before it, so I was in the perfect frame of mind for something this light and fluffy. Jesus. And it is light and fluffy and fun. It is light. So, you can put it on anytime. I think this is one of those movies that, like, we may have done a disservice, like, trying to talk about it. I think it's going to be one of yeah. those that you want to watch just drunk and maybe a little stoned, and you want to just, like, quote with your friends and not really try to think of it as a movie. you just, like, it's just it's just pure yeah. fun. And it's, I mean, yeah. So if you're in the mood for that, like, I, I would definitely recommend it. That's, that's why I could see it becoming a cult. I could see people having watch parties with this thing. Yeah, yeah, I could absolutely see it. I mean, I kind of want Nick Cage to like go around and like screen it and like just like really lean into this yeah. and like really just attach it yeah. to himself. But anyway, thank you. I hope he does. That was fun. I enjoyed it. Dave, I know you just probably just did. I don't know if you split up your what you've been watching. 
I did. All right, what have you been watching, dude? Okay, um, I sat down and rewatched this. So this is watch number two of WandaVision. Is that because of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse coming up? Nope. I just, I wanted to, because it's like, it's hailed as one of the best series uh, because of the way it's built. And I wanted, to, I wanted to see what my opinion of it was now that uh, I've already seen it. I already know what the twists are coming. So I'm not looking for, the like every week there was a new Marvel theory about where this is going and that sort of thing. That was very distracting where you were waiting a week to watch yeah. it. So I just binged the whole thing from start to finish in a day. And it holds, it really holds up and it's so much fun to watch now because with that big twist, which I won't mention in case someone hasn't seen it, you can see it coming a mile away once you know what to look for. Like they, it was, I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, how the fuck did we not know it was going to go this I'm, way? Like yeah, I they could, are telegraphing I could this. See, I could see there being millions of breadcrumbs and it was just so clear when you're looking oh, back. Yeah, they but were. otherwise, yeah. yeah, it's just this, you're kind of confused about the absurdity of the genres and the sitcom styles. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I still yeah. hear the uh, the '80s theme song in my head quite a bit. I think that's my yep. favorite theme song. <laughs> uh, we're making it up as we go along. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect. And they, yeah, they're all quite topical too. But yeah, it's, it, there was a a lot. I think I missed the first time around because I was so distracted by all the theories yeah. of where it was going, and I just didn't. I put all that out of my out of my head because it's over. We all know where it's going, so I just sat back and watched it. And it's a good rewatch. It's a really good nice, rewatch. Dude. I uh, I was thinking about it recently just because there's so many billboards of Doctor Strange around here and I kept seeing her and I was like, mm, oh, man, that was a fun. Yeah, that was a fun one. Also, got to say, love that new costume. Uh, in the Doctor Strange, the what we've seen in the trailer. Like, is that well, what we're talking the, about? The, what what we get at, what by the what we get by the end of WandaVision, like that new costume. Oh, looks sure. Fucking amazing. Yeah, sure. Whoever Very designed witchy. that, like, just give them all. And the I guess Oscars. we're gonna see way more of Julia Louis. Dreyfus and coming up. I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't know. I don't understand what's happening at the end of One Vision. I don't understand this whole new thing they're going into. I think Doctor Strange is gonna clarify some of it. So I need, you know, I need oh, yeah. to go see it because I don't. I didn't know who any of those characters were, so it really didn't mean anything to me. So I think we just they're having fun going back and forth between like we're gonna give you some stuff for you to watch in your television, and then we're gonna explain it in the movie. And I think that's a. It's a big well, picture idea. Sort of like they they're using they're using the TV series to like because a lot of them are, for instance, Moon Knight, which is happening now, um, originally had uh, the the season finale on its description, and now it says series finale. So they're using these things almost as backdoor pilots for when this character appears in a film, so they don't have to spend so much time setting up the films. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's what going to be the model for now from now on. Like a lot of these new characters. Like, granted, we're getting a shit ton of new ones, I would imagine, in multiverse. But, like, a lot of these characters that are going into some of the other phases, they don't have a big multiverse film to set up with. They're, like, being set up on the Disney Plus service. That's cool. I mean, I think that's, it makes yeah. sense. It's probably what they're going to do. And, and it's good because, like, the and setup. To be honest, it doesn't suck. Well, that's, what I appreciate is that, like, I'm, I don't know how much Disney Plus I'm going to keep watching for the Marvel shows. I don't think I finished the last two or three that came. I don't think I finished the winter soldier. I don't think I finished. I never watched Loki, but I don't think it matters because okay. I think they're still going to do a good job of when you go see the movies, they'll clarify everything for you. They'll explain enough so that you can just come back and watch the movies. Mm. If you want, if you're not going to yeah. be someone who wants to spend Loki's, 14 Loki's hours, fun. Do, it's Loki started to feel like Dr. Who after a while. It was kind of fun. I heard, I heard, it, I heard it was fun. Um, nice dude. Yeah. Anything else? 
no, that was it for me. I finished up. Uh, I don't. It's, I didn't finish. I think it was the penultimate. But I think there's a couple more episodes, maybe one more episode of uh, Winning Time, the uh, the, the Lakers uh-huh. show. I'm still really enjoying that. I don't know if Jeff said he caught up on that one, but I'm I'm still liking that show a lot. And um, damn it, I watched uh, I watched something else, but doesn't matter. Um, that's uh, so that's the main one that I have been keeping up with and. It's been enjoyable. I am. I think I need to watch the last episode of Julia. I have been enjoying that show. I think that has been very pleasant and very oh, fun. Yeah. There's a lot of cast of Frasier in it. A lot. There's David Hyde Pierce <laughs> and uh, yep. B.B. Newworth, but it's still fun like watching them, and it's an enjoyable show. Um, hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think we're still we're coming up and bracing for some some massive movies that are coming out. It has been it has been fun watching the the Top Gun trailer in the movie theaters. I'm excited to see that. It's ridiculous, but I'm excited to see it. I've seen I've seen reports from a few people who have seen it, and they're like, "Oh my fucking god!" So we'll we'll see how we go. Well, how many? That's uh, going to be right on the uh, right on the back of me coming back from Australia. That's coming. How out. many hundreds of hours of footage did they like record? Like something stupid, right? So fucking yeah, it was like eight hundred. Those poor editors. That one move that yeah. they clearly really like, where the plane rotates in the pilot shot, and then it just blasts yeah. off upside down. They're going to use that like thirty times, and I can already guarantee it. <laughs> But I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna probably see it at least once. Well, did you <laughs> did you get the the special thing before? I think it was before Northman. I saw it uh, where they talked about um, how they put the pilot, like the, they put the cast in the planes and specially outfitted the cockpits with cameras and no, stuff. No, but and they're talking about all the training that they had to go through to do this. I shit. have been reading about it. Yeah. yeah, it was epic. So that's yeah. how Tom does it, man. I feel like he did a very similar thing in the, you know, for the helicopter chase at the end of the last Mission Impossible. There were like eleven cameras yep. around and inside the helicopter, and he was yeah. really flying it. And so, yeah, I mean, I think he clocked like three hundred hours <laughs> yeah, in the pilots. Like, if he dies, we don't want to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the discipline is just insane. <laughs> now we're getting in a tough gun, but yeah. I am excited for that one. There looks like there's some fun big movies coming out this summer. So um, yeah, talk to us folks. Tell us what we should be talking about. If you have any, you know, we try to pick once a week. We only have one we can choose from. A lot of times the schedules work out. So there's an obvious choice, but if you have something you want to talk about it, let us know. Yeah. Cause there's a couple of quiet weeks coming up. It's a true story. Everybody uh, hit up Dave as well. He's going to be on vacation, uh, not next week, but starting after that, he's going to be gone for a while. So uh, uh, make sure you send him some love. He's going back to the motherland. We're going to miss him and uh, we're excited to have him back at some point in June. First, first, week of June. fight some fucking spiders. Yeah, fight some fucking, yeah, fucking yeah, spiders. <laughs> G'day. Crikey. He's going to go, he's going to go down there and say things like that. <laughs> well, I have to, otherwise my bloody dad wouldn't understand what I'm saying. My bloody dad. <laughs> my bloody dad. Oh my God. That's so good. Ah, all right. Film fans. Thank you so much. Go watch uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. I think you're going to have fun. <laughs>